Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Maybe you want to get a piece of that. Pretty good. I want to talk about sexy teens. I was getting erections. It's a very creepy feeling. I can guarantee that underwear theft will come up again. None of this is relevant. Pokemon, Pokeballs. 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. I was looking for TV shows to watch. There is a show called Supersize My Pool. And this has led me to wonder, how the fuck am I not rich if someone is actually getting paid to make a show called Supersize My Pool? Because my worst ideas are better than Supersize My Pool. And Supersize My Pool has now become the mental representation to me of everything that is wrong with modern society. That someone else is getting paid more money than me to make a show called Supersize My Pool where they go around and change people's pools. Because you're actually fine if you already have a pool. You don't need a better pool. The pool is not the problem. The problem is the people with the pools and the people who make these TV shows. Core question. My manager said she is not able to keep my position anymore, but asked for me to give in a resignation letter. Am I fired or did I quit? This is a really good question. This is something that has actually happened. I've, this is actually something I've read about many times before is companies saying they want to get rid of employees and then making them sign a resignation of some sort. She's essentially trying to trick you into quitting. And I would assume so that she doesn't have to pay any sort of severance. Because if you quit a job, they're no longer responsible for you in in any way. If they're firing you, and there's no real reason to say that just position doesn't exist anymore, there's probably some rules in place that they have to do something. They have to compensate you in some way. They have to give you so many weeks salary so that you can like job hunt and things like that. So I would bet this is just a ruse of some sort to get you to quit so that they don't have to take responsibility for the fact that they're cutting your position. My initial thought was actually that they're probably trying to get you to quit so they could hire someone new for the same position at a lower rate, which again, is very, this is quite pessimistic, but realistically, that is what companies do. They try to fire people. They try to get people to quit so they can hire someone else for the same position at a lower rate because there are, again, probably rules in place that after so many years, you have to start taking care of people in certain ways. I don't know, because it never says where this this question comes from. Who knows what the rules are in that area? But I have read stories on the internet before of companies bringing people into room. This was all in in Japan. Companies bringing people into room and saying like, you have to, we're going to fire you. You have to sign this. But it was a big Japanese document that they couldn't read. And they said, well, I can't read this, so I'm not going to sign it. And they say, well, you can't leave until you sign it. And they're putting a lot of pressure on this person to, to sign this thing so they can all leave. And the thing you must do is never sign a document you're given unless you can take it to a lawyer and have it read first. So in Japan, because you probably don't read the language that well, and again, it's all going to be legalese, Japanese legalese, which is going to be 10 times harder than just regular Japanese. 
if they're trying to get you to sign a document that you can't read, then you shouldn't sign that document. And there is no document that has to be signed before you can leave. There's no like legal precedent for them to kidnap you. There's no way they can actually make that stick. You are there voluntarily, unless they try to restrain you, which is illegal, you are absolutely allowed to get up and walk out anytime you want. So the story I'm talking about is in Japan. This guy was sat down and he was told that he had to sign this thing that said he was quitting and he couldn't read it. So he said he didn't sign it. He took it to a lawyer and the lawyer said, well, this actually says you're quitting. So if you're not quitting, just keep going to work. And they, the company actually gave up. Now, of course, that time he had time to look for a new job and stuff. He wasn't fired immediately, but signing it would have made his life exponentially more difficult because he would have had to start looking for a job right away with no paycheck coming in during that time. But when he just kept going up, coming to work normally, because he hadn't signed that document, there was literally no legal recourse. They had a choice of firing him or not. And what they wanted him to do was quit. This seems like a very similar situation. If you don't sign the resignation letter, what happens? If you keep showing up to work and doing your job properly, what happens? I had a coworker now, I've been doing my job for many years at that point. I had a coworker join in his position. It was a sort of a lateral one for me. And he started telling me what my job was. It was clearly work he was supposed to be doing that he didn't want to do. So he thought he would trick me and go, oh, well, this is your job. This is a job for your section. I think this is a job that should be done by you guys. And I just said, no. And he goes, well, it is your job. And so my response to him was, well, let's not do it and see which one of us gets into trouble. Now, at that point, because he knew that if the job didn't get done, the job that was historically done by his section, he was the one who was going to have to take responsibility. And then they would say, well, why didn't you do it? And he goes, well, I told Peter to do it. And then they turn around and like, well, it's not his job. And clearly, since I've been there for a long time, I know what my job is. These are some things to keep in mind when dealing with management of any company. If they're trying to get you to sign something, there's no reason for you to sign it immediately. They can't force you to sign something immediately. You should be allowed to take it to a lawyer and have a lawyer look over it. If a company was totally being up and up, you should be allowed to bring a lawyer into these meetings, which companies never want you to do that. You might not have a lawyer on retainer. I certainly don't have that kind of money. But if you have time to arrange it, you say, well, I'd like to take this to my lawyer. And what I'd really like is to have my lawyer in the meeting so we can discuss it together because this is a legal issue. I want to make sure you're doing this legally. You don't say that part. But that is actually what you're doing. Are You are checking the company you work for to see if they are doing it legally. Because companies all the time, just by the very nature of trying to be corporate and trying to take advantage of the worker, they try to skirt the rules as often as possible. And if they get you to sign a piece of paper, that is legally binding. And once it's legally binding, now it is your responsibility. Maybe there's even a clause in there in the fine, in the fine print or something that says you have to pay for all the pens that you used in your time at that company. They could then pretend that that added up to millions of dollars. So now you're actually paying them to get fired. Here's something that people need to realize. Companies can't make you sign something. They can pressure you, but they can't make you do it. So if I'm ever presented with a document, I always say, well, I'd like to take this away. I'd like to look it over and make sure I understand it completely. And then I'll bring it back to you. And then I can decide if I don't bring it back to them, what happens? If they just drop the issue, then, well, we're done. If they come back and ask again and again and again, go, oh, well, I lost the paper. Can you make another one and see what they do? There is a lot of play in a situation where they need you to sign something right away because the pressure is clearly on them 
and not on you. So you might as well keep that pressure up to make their life difficult, especially if you're pretty sure by the end of this process, you're going to be leaving the company. There's no reason to make it easy for them. If your position is being terminated, but you sign a resignation letter, you have actually quit. And that probably releases them from a lot of responsibilities. Never sign a paper you've been giving and never talk to the police. That's just a bit of side advice. So the basic point is never sign a document if you're not comfortable with it, if you don't fully understand what's going on. Never sign a document under pressure. Always take it away and then say you'll bring it back. And then you can decide if you want it. Maybe you want to sign it after looking it over. That's fine. But they can't make you do it. Uh, this is a classic would you rather question. So you are going to have sex with a mermaid. So you have to make a choice. Do you want the mermaid to be top half female or bottom half female? Uh, this also goes for merman for you ladies out there. You can ask and answer the exact same question. If you are going to have sex with a mermaid, is it more important to have the upper part of the body be human and you interact with that or the lower part of the body be human so you can actually have some sort of penetrative sex? That's actually what they're trying to say. I can guarantee that I would be less attracted to a fish torso than the fish tail. Now, the question then is how are we having sex? But there's lots of things you can do with the upper parts of your body that are just as successful and just as satisfying. So I think that is almost a question that answers itself. I think the question becomes more complicated if you switch the gender so you talk about a merman. Because if you are interested in men, the penis is a big part of it. And it's not really a question of the actual sex act. It's how does the merman behave? Because my understanding is that fish lay eggs and then the male comes along and spurts some semen on it and then they just go away. So fish sex is not particularly enjoyable sex. So it seems like the actual lower part of the body element is almost irrelevant to the fish. Whereas the torso is the part that could participate in several acts with you. A male torso, yes, you would be taking away the penetrative part of the male sex act, but the hands, the lithe young arms, the rough calloused hands, the gentle soft mouth would all still be available to you in this situation. So it seems to me that you just have more options with the torso being human than with the lower part being human. Because the problem with the lower part being human and the top part being fish is that's the part I think you actually end up interacting with. You look at the torso when, during most of the acts. You, you try to look into the fish eyes. And here's now suddenly the first thought I have is you're kind of doing it from behind. And the fish eyes are actually looking back at you because they're worried about predators. So they can look at you directly when you do that. That, that would be a big turnoff for me in that situation. Uh, if you're doing it sort of missionary style, the regular way, you are looking at the fish face, the fish torso. And that is not something I want to look at. So that doesn't turn me on. So I think you are just generally given more satisfying options if you use the human torso and the fish tail. Because there's enough stuff you can do. You are missing maybe one element, which some people would consider sort of the game changer or the home run, as it were. But I don't think that's actually a big problem because there's enough alternatives to that 
that would still be just as satisfying. If you have a different opinion, please feel free to tweet at Velocipeter or send an email to velocipodcast at gmail.com and I will disagree with you. I had an ex-girlfriend and I, uh, I was actually talking to a friend from university and he knew me when I was dating this girl and he actually said, I'm talking to that girl on the other side in a different chat. Would you like to talk to each other? And it'd been long enough that there were no hard feelings. I was more than happy to talk to her and find out how she was doing. And we ended up talking for a really long time. It was nice to reconnect with someone who was a big part of my life for a very long time. The problem was she started reminiscing talking about the good times we had together and all this stuff. And, and she started realizing that, you know, I'm a wonderful guy. And then she hit the phrase, what happened to us? Now, that didn't play well with me because what happened to us was, and here was my response, well, you dumped me. You said I wasn't a real man. I think you said that to be particularly hurtful. Because at that time, I was a young man, and I had been training in judo, martial arts, all this shit that you've heard a million times before. But clearly, being a manly man was a big part of my personality. So I think you chose that to hurt my feelings. And this is the problem with reminiscing. Because what they're trying to do is remember all the good times and think about things in a really positive light. But that is not as true for the dumpy as it is for the dumper. If you've dumped someone... You can say you broke up because it's the better, it was the better choice. You can think about it that way without too much problem. If you got dumped, if you got rejected, that will taint every memory you have connected to that relationship. So we had all these wonderful times, but that still wasn't good enough for you. We had all these wonderful experiences, but that didn't make you actually love me, that kind of thing. Now, us breaking up was absolutely the right decision. Because we started dating when I was in my early 20s. By the time we were in our mid to late 20s, we had changed as people. We were different people. But I was a very loyal boyfriend. I would have stayed with her forever. No question. And that would have been a mistake for both of us. So I'm actually now, in retrospect, glad she broke up with me. Which is a really weird thing to say. But it's because I never would have done it. I never would have broken up with her. So we probably would have stayed together. And again, our personalities would have changed more and more. We would have probably been less uh, viable as a match. But at the same time, I was not going to let her sit there and reminisce about how great everything was when the reality was she broke up with me and she did it in quite a cold, harsh way. Because she, being again the dumper, probably doesn't remember it that way. And if you want to reminisce with people, it's fine to do. It's fun. But when people start getting nostalgic and romantic about the idea, it's a little drop of reality to put in there to make sure that they stay on track, that they know where they are. Because there are a lot of breakups that are ugly. The person doing the breakup is the one who forgets about that ugliness first because they just left a situation and usually they left you with the emotional baggage. So most of the memories that she, were that she was talking about, yes, they were good memories, but they were all tainted and I, they were not fond memories for me because they were all affected by the later event of her telling me I wasn't a man. And it was one of those weird moments where they say something to you like you should agree with them. Like, you know, I want a real man. You know what I mean? And then you're supposed to, I think, like, and like there's some sort of weird expectation that you're going to go, yeah, I do know what you mean. I certainly am not manly enough for you. 
But the reason she chose that statement in the moment, and again, it was not conscious, it was not really malicious, is that part of her wanted to hurt my feelings. Now, as the dumpy, I did one of the greatest things that a dumpy has ever done. We were sitting there. She said, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I said, okay. And you could see there was befuddlement and confusion. She was expecting an emotional reaction. Now, she wanted to break up with me. That actually should have indicated that both of us, neither of us, were really happy in the relationship. She actually just came to the conclusion that we should end this first. And again, I think I would not have done it. I would have tried to get through the whole thing for the rest of our lives, which would have been a terrible mistake. But when she said it, it was a moment of relief for me. And since she didn't get the emotional reaction she wanted, she actually looked at me and said, what, that's it? Which is weird because do you want a breakup that is people freaking out, people having arguments and stuff? Or would you rather just have, oh yeah, that's fine. I think we agree on this. Let's move on. And at the end of the day, if someone says, I want to break up with you and you disagree with them, then you have not actually given them the satisfaction of knowing that they're breaking up with you and you, you know, it hurts you because you love them so much. What you're actually saying to them is, yeah, I feel the same way. We're done. And this isn't going to be a problem. And the look on her face was actually probably more satisfying than if I had been mean or smart or anything else. Just agreeing with her meant that from that moment on, she had to wonder if she had made a mistake. And that's what I reminisce about. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast. Uh, I have, living in Japan, I have to basically, none of that information is relevant.